Welcome to the UK Educators Community Podcast hosted by Sid, an award-winning STEM communicator, serial entrepreneur and educational consultant and coach. Now my vision is to make maximum impact in the world through education, but I know I can't do this alone. This is where you guys come in. Why don't you join me on this journey as we as educators and entrepreneurs create impact one child at a time. Now I know being an entrepreneur can be both lonely and overwhelming. At UK Educators Community, we've created a community of like-minded, like-valued individuals all supporting each other. From the Champions Club accountability groups to business retreats in Marrakesh, you'll find industry-specific support to help you propel your business forward. So why don't you join us? Join our Facebook group, UK Educators, or find some great resources on the website at ukeducators.com. We look forward to welcoming you to our community. Today, we've got the amazing Yvonne Mason with us, and we're going to be talking about her life as a history and English home ed tutor. So Yvonne Mason has come to another podcast that I did previously. I think it was last year, and that was done on YouTube. And I really enjoyed talking to her back then. She's an amazing tutor. So I'm really glad to be welcoming her back on the UK Educators Community Podcast. So welcome, Yvonne. Do you want to tell us a little bit about you? First of all, thanks, Sid, for having me back. It's always a real joy to come and chat with you. Okay, so basically I'm, as you said, a history and English uh, home ed tutor and I work almost exclusively with home educated students. Um, I home educated my own daughter for 10 years, so I'm very much part of the home education community in the UK. I trained as a medieval historian and got my degree in English language and literature, so those are my two passions really, where education is concerned. And uh, I offer courses in English and history in lots of different ways. So I give online classes in Key Stage 3 English and History uh, for home educated students. And also I work with the amazing Dreaming Spires Home Learning, uh, which many home ed students will have heard of. And I do one year courses in medieval and Tudor history. And at the moment, I'm really having fun teaching my first summer school on Tolkien. Uh, So we're exploring the history and the legends and how the world of Tolkien was was developed, where Tolkien got his ideas from, which is great because I am a paid up Tolkien geek and a member of the Tolkien Society. So it's an absolute joy. To do that. Um, and also I work with Wolsey Hall Home Education College as well, which is a global distance learning college for home educators as a history and English tutor. And I have other things in development. There's all sorts of stuff happening at the moment. Yeah. And I think we've spoken about doing things together and then life just gets in the way and we've just become so busy. So hopefully uh, there'll be another project that we'll be doing together at some point down the line as well. Um, but you've got your fingers in lots of different pies and they're all linked to the home education community and there's many tutors out there that look into getting daytime work with home ed communities and and families Uh, so they're going to probably be looking up to you as inspiration what is the number one thing that you feel is a big kind of factor that contributes to families picking a tutor when it comes to home ed families what is it that they're looking for in one word I think trust basically that is the biggest thing I think for any colleague that is wanting to break into working with home educators because we've had quite a rough ride in many ways and 
again, the government's currently having another go. The mindset, I think, understanding the home ed mindset, understanding that it's a completely different dynamic to learning, a different approach to learning than you get in schools. And, you know, there are, there are horror stories of home ed families who've had tutors, perhaps school teachers who are still in school and tutoring or just come out of school, not familiar with the way of learning and the whole approach to learning and therefore have tried to make home educated students, you know, fit to kind of school ways of doing things or not realise the limits, particularly where exams are concerned. Um, There have been some horror stories where that's concerned. Mm. So I think, yeah, home educators, first of all, will go for word of mouth. I think that's one of the biggest ways uh, of breaking into the home ed market is, is that home educators will ask other home educators, who have you worked with? Who have you used? Who's been really good? Who can we trust? Who will understand us? Who will be kind to us? Who will be flexible to us? Who will understand our approach? I think, you know, obviously, if you're a home educator and a tutor, you've got a bit of an advantage because I found this an awful lot. I always make it really, really clear in any advertising I do and also on my Facebook page, which is my main way of communicating with home educators and potential students, that I have been a home educator and that really opens a lot of doors it's because home educators go okay you speak our language you understand us so in some ways it can be a little bit of a barrier you know to to breaking into the home ed market but I'm thinking of a colleague at the the moment who has broken into the home ed market in the last couple of years and partly because she was a school teacher I got to know her she came out of school wanted to do some tutoring wanted some training on how to teach online and how to work with her meders I gave her a little kind of bespoke training course got to know her realized that she was going to be sympathetic she was going to understand and then I endorsed her to the Hermit community and said, yes, you can trust this person. She's going to be fine. And as a result, she's doing really well with clients now. And she's built up her own reputation now. Um, but sometimes it just needs that little kind of introduction from somebody else who's a tutor. So I do, you know, I recommend my colleagues where, where I can't help for any particular reason. I will be asked by potential home editors, you know, can you recommend anybody else who's going to be good, who's going to understand? And I'll say, right, you can trust this person, this person, this person, they're really good. Um, so, yeah, I hope that's helpful. That is. And what's interesting is that you've been doing online tutoring for a very, very long time. And you're probably more established than a lot of people that are listening right now. Um, so we're going to be talking about what a day in the life of Yvonne Mason is like. Um, And I know it's the summer holidays at the moment, so maybe we could do uh, a reflection back to term time and how it is like in the summer, because I know you're purely based online as well, which is a really interesting concept. And I think you've been doing it this for a decade, right? Yeah, that's right. About 10 years, 10, 11 years now. I was teaching partly online, partly face-to-face for a bit longer than that, for about 14, 15 years. It's all becoming rather woolly in my brain now because it's been going on a long time. But then I had to move up to uh, North Wales a, a few years ago and there wasn't space to teach face-to-face. And that was about five years ago and I went exclusively online at that point. So um, since then, I mean, we've come back to the area we left, but yeah, since then we've we, I've been teaching exclusively online because it, it works for me. It's very flexible and 
it's a lot easier to get clients you know that's one of the things because then you've got essentially a global reach uh, it's not just yeah. local it's not just national it's international potentially depending on what you're doing and if you've got the capacity to have international students and you've got the ability then if you're online um so tell us what does a typical day during term time look like for you yeah i think the first thing to say about it is that it's long so my days are very long i probably get up about eight which is about as early as I can stand it really but I'm often in my office by about 8 30 and I'll start maybe between 8 30 and 9 I'll start picking things up once I've kind of woken up properly with my cup of tea and on a teaching day my number one priority is making sure that my lesson preparation is ready so it may well be that I am doing last minute tweaking Um, I start teaching at 11 mostly most days Some days it's 12, some days it's 11. So I always leave myself that couple of hours um, space in which to just make sure that any finishing touches that are needed to lessons are made at that point. Um, Just to deal with any admin that's come in last minute that I might need to respond to Mm. in emergency, you know, that it's become urgent. Um, And just make sure everything's there and in place ready for the rest of the day. So that's the first couple of hours. And then I usually start teaching at 11. I try not to teach more than three hours a day because all my teaching is in classes. It's pretty intensive. You know, I, I can probably cope with about three hours. I'll stretch it to four if absolutely necessary. But usually I'm, I'm pretty wrecked by the end of the day. <laughs> Otherwise, my lessons are in one hour. I'll do teach an hour's lesson. Um, usually I have a half hour lead in. So at 10.30, I'll open my class. I teach on Zoom. So I'll, I'll open the classroom because I like for my students to have half an hour to get in at their leisure. Um, it doesn't always mean that they turn up on time. Some of them are still piling in at the last minute. But I try to give them that half an hour where I'm just lurking around. I'm off camera. I'm off mic. But I'm watching what's going on. And I'm just, you know, making sure that people are okay. Uh, and I just let the, the kids have a chat because obviously, you know, for home educated students, uh, this is also a very important part of their socialization, not just their learning, but the opportunity to be with other young people uh, and to get to know each other. And because my classes are quite stable, um, the class uh, cohorts do get to know each other quite well. Um, and, you know, they talk to each other and there's ongoing conversations they have and um, various other things that they're doing so that half an hour before the class is quite important and then yeah I'll start the class so 11 o'clock and then we're in so whatever it is whether it's an English class or whether it's a history class or whatever and then we have the lesson finish at 12 and then again it depends really what day it is because occasionally I have an hour's break between classes sometimes it's only half an hour so I'll go straight into opening the next zoom room and various odd jobs that go with that grab a cup of tea if there's a little longer time I might grab a sandwich or something and then it's back into teaching until about 3 3 30 is, is roughly when I finish teaching at that point I really am ready for a, a break so I'll take an extended break um <laughs> quite often I will not have had time to have lunch more days than often I don't get that sandwich I just don't I just go straight through and I don't really have time So usually at the point of finishing a class, within five minutes, I'm out of my office. I just put it all down and I just go, anything else that needs doing, I will come back to later on this evening. And then I usually have three or four hours off, in actual fact, in the middle of the day, 
one of the first things I will do is I'll go out of my house and I'll just get some fresh air. I'll wander around my garden, you know, pick some weeds, whatever. I'll talk to my family, do any odd jobs and housework that needs doing, that kind of thing. Five o'clock, most days, five o'clock, my husband and I meet and catch up with each other over a pot of green tea and some chocolate. That's our thing that we do. In the summer, we sit out in our picnic table in the front of our garden and uh, just let the, the world go by. Uh, and then we'll have dinner. And then after dinner, then I'll come back in for my final session. So then it's marking. Quite often the Wolsey Hall work I do because I that is marking assignments. That's my job. Uh, I don't teach live with Wolsey Hall, but I will be marking assignments. And also there's going to be admin around that. And then there's also, again, any extended preparation I need to do for the next day. I'll do that. Reading, watching videos, anything I need to prepare making worksheets, anything that I, I need to do last minute. For the last few years, I've tended to be rather too last minute, I think. So I've often had to prepare resources mm. quite late, you know, because quite, I've been building quite a lot of new courses in the last few years. So I've been kind of building them as I've been going along. And so that meant that I had to do things sometimes quite last minute. And I, I didn't really like doing that. So this next year is going to be different because I'm doing all of that now while I'm in my summer holidays. And then I'll probably finish work about 10, 10.30, and then I'll wander off to bed, basically. And that's a typical day in my term time. And is that five days a week or is that six? Do you work on a Saturday as well? Well, I teach Monday to Friday, although this last year, Friday tended to be a much lighter day. I have one one-to-one student. I, I keep my one-to-one students to an absolute minimum. But I have one one-to-one student on Friday morning. This last year, I've kept it for meetings. Sometimes I have to do catch-up calls with some of my students you know, for whatever reason. Mm. And then I have a meeting with a colleague that I'm developing some resources and working on a course with. So we've been having regular meetings on a Friday afternoon. But I've tried not to put classes in too much on Fridays. This next year, I will have um, an IGCSE course there as well on the Friday morning. So it'll be a little bit busier. The second half of Friday and then most of Saturday is catch up and prep. So anything I didn't manage to get done in the week gets done on the Friday and Saturday. And then uh, my Dreaming Spires class, the first one is on a Monday afternoon. And there's a lot of prep had to go into that last year because it was a brand new course I was doing I did two courses one in medieval history which was already done and the other one was Tudor history which was a brand new course I was building as I went so there was a lot of reading and watching and building resources and lesson powerpoints and stuff so that tended to happen on Saturday I tried to take Sunday off but sometimes I'd have to work on a Sunday afternoon or evening depending on how busy the workload is and it was very very busy this last year so I didn't always get a day off. It's always uh, amazing when I'm doing these podcasts, uh, looking at people's routine, how much work we do, right? And I kind of go, wow, that person does a lot of work. And then I reflect back on my own schedule. I'm like, I'm not any different. But when you kind of take a step back and you look at it, it seems a lot. If you're constantly on the go, five, six, seven sometimes days a week, and you don't really get a break. Um, And even in the summer holidays, we're still working to some degree. It's not the normal kind of work, but we're still working and we're still prepping and we're still creating. The only reason we do this is because we're so passionate about what we do, because no sane person would do this just because they can, right? It's because we're so passionate about education. Is this what you always saw yourself doing? 
or did you see yourself becoming a historian or working in a museum? Because I know you did some museum work at one point. Is this what you saw yourself doing? Did you see yourself becoming a teacher or a tutor, I should say? No, I never intended becoming a teacher. I mean, you know, when when I left full-time education, uh, I really didn't know what I was going to do at that point. I wanted to work with churches in music and things like that, and I did that for a couple of years. And then I kind of had a time where I wasn't really sure and I was kind of having a rest time after I got married. And then history came and slapped me around the face, basically, and said, hello, you are going to do this. Uh, And I ended up working at the Tower of London for four years as a costumed historical interpreter, which is where I learned to communicate history to the general public. And I had a absolutely superb education really in communicating to all sorts of different people uh, and that was amazing so when I was at the Tower of London I was communicating medieval history and Tudor history and I learned uh, to present history and take school classes because we had school visits and things like that and just lots and lots of people coming through and asking mm. questions mm. Walks of life. After that, again, I hadn't really planned on becoming a tutor at that point. Uh, when I left the tower, we moved to Wales and we were working in other fields for a while, um, working with churches and music and various things. And so when my daughter was four, I thought, well, okay, you know, why not do some tutoring? Um, I'd had a bit of a dabble in it beforehand, but this is when I kind of thought, yeah, let's just get some definite stuff going on here and get some students and get some classes maybe. Um, and I started that way. So, no, I, I never really saw that I would be doing this particularly, um, that I'd have a full-time, well-established tutoring and teaching business, that I'd have quite such a, a high profile, really, because I'm quite well-known to a lot of home educators. Um, so yeah it was something of a surprise and you've done so well you've done like everyone's heard of you from the people that I've spoken and spoken to and those that hadn't I think after we did the other podcast where I shared across with the home ed families I know a couple of them reached out to you as a result so I think more and more people are talking about you and hearing about the amazing work that you're doing Uh, do you always see yourself working for the other organizations as well or do you see yourself building your own brand as you go forward I think I like variety And I love to collaborate. Mm. I don't really like to just work on my own the whole time. I I did that for a long time. And eventually I felt quite isolated. And I think many of our colleagues will know that as well, will understand that. Um, I'm very much a team player. I, I can lead things, but also I'm a team player. And I like to work with others. And I believe that we are stronger together. And I think it's really exciting to actually work with people. I've been very fortunate in that the organizations I work with have approached me and invited me to go and work with them, um, which has been a huge privilege. I think one of the most exciting collaboration projects I have is is with Dreaming Spires, with, with Kat, who's been absolutely amazing in that she badgered me for two years to go and teach with her and and I didn't really get the Charlotte Mason style of education which is what they use which when I finally got my head around it was a total revelation and we work with the Charlotte Mason style of home education but the absolute freedom to build my own courses but also to work with an organization that's already well known that already has a very big client base 
you know, takes a lot of the work out of it for me. I don't have to do all the admin and all the fees and all the stuff. I just build and teach the courses. And so the deal was I would teach a modern history course for her for the first year, see how it all went. And then, you know, if we decided to go forward, then the deal was I got to be let loose on the Middle Ages. And so, yeah, the modern history course <laughs> was huge fun. I had a great time doing that. And and then we just went, right, long bows and roses, it is. And that's what the course is called because we do the 13th to the 15th centuries and wars of the roses and long bows and all the rest of it. And I have had total freedom to build the course. We go really in depth. And I've just been able to share my knowledge of the Middle Ages with my students without the worry of teaching to an exam course or things like that we're just delving into the subjects so that collaboration I think has given me the freedom to teach in a really wonderful way that I love I love doing it's an international client base but it takes a lot of the donkey work out of it because I don't have to do all the admin cat does all that uh, so that's really nice with Walsey Hall again they invited me to go and tutor with them I've been with them for five years and that's been amazing so again I've I've, I've lost count really of how many countries I've taught students from and also I think for me whenever I collaborate I learn and I'm given new skills access to resources I might not have had before I learn new things a few years ago I was invited to go and teach with probably the leading online high school which most people will know who I'm talking about and that taught me how to teach online because I had never done full classes before. And now I was using a full blown teaching system, homework, preparing schemes of work, marking homework, setting tasks, all that stuff. That was totally new for me. So every time I collaborate, I learn from those I collaborate with. And that helps me to improve what I do. And also then I can share what I have as well. And I'm, I'm collaborating with one of my colleagues at the moment. And we're putting a, a new course together, which will be a, an online course for one of the IGCSE English courses, which there are very few resources for at the moment. And we are just having a wonderful time. Uh, we're about to form a partnership and uh, we're having a great time working together and planning what we're going to do together. And, and that's just really lovely. There are things, you know, where I want to be able to just do my own thing. Uh, so I do have my own classes. And also I learned a long time ago never to put my eggs just in one basket. Uh, I, I really was so, so sorry for so many of our wonderful colleagues whose businesses collapsed overnight because they their teaching was was very narrow they had a very narrow audience and a narrow focus and that happened to me a few years ago my business went dead overnight and and I learned that one the painful way and I just said right from now on I'm going to have lots of different fingers in lots of different pies so that if business goes down the rest of it can sustain it while you replace it and that has grown my business very very successfully since then yeah and I completely agree because I, I was a, a STEM workshop provider prior to COVID. And um, even though I did lots of different things, it all involved face to face. And I literally lost everything overnight. And then trying to duplicate that online, it doesn't quite work. So I've learned that. So people are uh, asking me, so when things return to normal, what's going to happen with the online school? Are you going to pick one? Are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to do both because I don't know what life is going to throw at us again, right? And so if I've got the ability to go do and face-to-face or do online, um, it works better for me. And it works better for my clients as well because they've got that choice where if they can't reach me, they can still do stuff online and they can do stuff online globally 
globally where they won't be able to do that with um, my STEM stuff. So it, it works. And you're so right about the collaboration because collaboration makes us so much stronger. And this is one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about UK educators. It's about getting people together who share that passion so they can network, they can build things together, they can create the change that and legacy that we're looking to create in the education industry. That's what brings us all together. And you're part of the Champions Club as well. And I know the first couple of months, there was so much energy in, the, in those groups. And I know it's kind of dwindled lately because you guys have been so busy. All four of you are so busy in the people in your group. So how did you find that when, when like the energy was high and you were kind of working together and, and working through stuff how was that I loved it I, I must say you know yes the, the the absolute mayhem and busyness of, of last term made it really difficult to complete that project but uh, it's on my list to do over this summer holidays I want to pick it up again it was incredibly encouraging we were resourcing each other giving each other ideas and and a wonderful collaboration came out of it in actual fact because Kerry who's one of our colleagues um I was teaching a unit on um, the Viking discovery of America to some of my students. We were looking at a place called Lasso Meadows and it was an archaeological site. And Kerry and I, uh, yeah, Kerry asked me to help train her in teaching online because I it's one of the things that I offer is consultations and little kind of training bespoke training packages for my colleagues who are learning to teach online so Kerry and I had a, a meeting or two where we just uh, tossed around ideas and she asked questions and I was showing her how I use zoom to do classes and then she came and observed one of my classes to see how it works it just happened to come out that she had been an archaeologist and Kerry was totally up for that and she came and taught two of my lessons basically and we had a wonderful time and she was absolutely brilliant and I said to her afterwards you totally need to teach an online archaeology course for home edits so I believe she's seriously thinking about that right now she's decided to go for it so you know cross reference throwing ideas around but that came out of champions club you know because we actually I was able to share with her my skills and then she was able to come and really um, enhance my classes with her amazing skills so uh, you know that's that's just something that's gone quiet I think I want to revive your group again because you guys were so, doing so well at the beginning I, I think there needs to be some sort of live element where I'm involved a bit more to kind of get you guys to actually attend and, and do things so I'm still thinking of how to do that um, because I know it's tough when it's trying to get a group of people together who are so busy um, because I know this I there's there's programs that I'm signed up to and then I end up not going because I'm just too tired or there's just too much going on and I don't get a chance to catch up on things. So I completely understand and I, I have touched base with a few of them and they're like, yeah, it was good, but we've just been so busy this summer, this like summer term. And I think also when you guys first signed up, it was the winter and winter things are a bit slower, you're at home a lot more, you can't really go out much because it's too cold, so that you've, ha you've got a little bit more time. And then when the summer kicks in and with lockdown opening up, then people are just going out a bit more and it just makes it difficult to kind of fit everything in. But yeah, we need to look at that again and maybe pivot slightly with the Champions Club because this is what I'm always about, right? If something's not quite working the way it should, it needs a little bit of a pivot. 
But I'm so glad that there's been a collaboration that's come out of that because that was the whole purpose of the Champions Club to kind of put people together who are like-minded, who can hold each other accountable and who can make things happen. And, and that's brilliant that that did. Um, and I know there's lots of other things that have come out of that and I've seen people sharing logos and contact details of, how, of logo designers and all sorts. Um, and it's just been great to kind of follow that. Um, so we need to revive that again <laughs> for you guys because it's going to be great once you can complete the entire course. If people want to reach out to you, if they're listening to this and they're going, wow, um, I, I'm home editing my kids or I know someone that's home editing that wants to um, sign up to Yvonne's history courses or even if someone is listening to this and wants some online training on how to teach online because you are very much uh, experienced in this area. How do they get hold of you? At the moment, uh, the two main ways are really through my Facebook page. I run a Facebook page, Yvonne Mason UK History and English Tutor, or it'll be Yvonne Mason UK English and History Tutor, whichever. And then there's also, I, I now have a group as well attached mm. to that page with the same title, but group on the end of it. Yeah, I'll put the links in the description so people can click on that and reach you. And there's also my my email as well. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Yvonne, for taking part um, in this podcast interview. Uh, you're so inspirational. And I think anyone would be so happy to collaborate with you. So reach out to Yvonne. I, I know she's so busy, so she might have to say no to a few, few of you. But it's always worth a try to get a meeting with her to see how you can work with her. And I need to get a meeting with you because we had some ideas of doing some stuff together that hasn't materialised yet. Um, but thank you so much for taking part, Yvonne. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to our conversation and took lots of value from it for your business. Now, if you did, please remember to do me a favor and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss another episode. If you fancy becoming a member of the Champions Club or would like to attend a learning workshop or maybe even the business and cultural retreat in Marrakesh, then visit the website ukeducators.com where you'll find lots of information. You can also join our Facebook community at UK Educators. I'm Sid, you've been listening into the UK Educators Community Podcast and I'll see you next Sunday when we release another episode.